Well, it's me again. <laughs> uh, filling in for Doug. Appreciate that. We, we, I ribbed him last sermon because he, now he wears his pastor shirt. He was supposed to wear that last week, but that's all right. I forgive him. Um, you know, I always, like I said, I always kind of tell you, maybe it'll mean something to you, you know, but um, how this sermon kind of comes about. So I actually had something different planned, but Sunday night when we had our kind of um, last small groups kind of get together, we, we melt, uh, knelt and prayed and, um, in a group and all that and just have everybody talked about the, these burdens they had. We all talked about the burdens and prayed for each other. I just That's when God changed my mind hard and i scrapped that last sermon and then and then so monday tuesday wednesday lord gave me this so i hope it'll be a blessing to you i want to talk to you about about yoked with jesus yoked with jesus now i did this once and i'll never do it again i asked my wife i said hey <laughs> i said because i couldn't think i said wait what's a good title she said yoking with jesus like what is this is a surfer church oh, what, okay. you know and then the other one she came up with was like give your burdens to jesus it's no yoke you know like all right. i was like forget it i'll stick with what i got so so i want to talk to you about yoking with jesus now jesus was pretty cool because you know how he taught and how he connected with people is he would take things that they saw every day. And he would obviously, as a divine appointment, would take probably something they saw. At the time that he uh, said, you know, look out into the fields. And, and if you kind of read that, he's, he's standing outside, and it's that, it's that time, it's harvest time. And he tells the disciples, look out to the fields. And they look out there, and he's just fields full, and they're all white, ready to be harvested. And he says, Are the fields ready for harvest? Pray that the, uh, the, the Father send out laborers. Um. The time of, when, you know, I'm sure when they were walking and stuff, they always saw people out there in those fields, you know, um, planting seeds and all that and, and, and reaping. And, and Jesus said, hey, you know, the, um, the, the Word of God is like seed thrown into the field that grows up. And, you know, they look out there and they see these guys planting the seed. I mean, he just did that. He just took things that they saw every day and he used them in a divine way to teach truth. So at this particular time in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is actually traveling from city to city, from uh, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. He's making this round. So he's out there in the open, and I can just imagine as they're walking, and he's talking, and he's you know, in a city and, and telling them different things, that this scene kind of comes up, which happens every day. Uh, a, a guy, an owner of oxen carrying a heavy load coming up the road. You know, and it's just how I think. Maybe, that, maybe it was kind of a steep hill uh, going up to the city there as they're walking, and, and those oxen are, are just struggling with that burden, trying to get it up. And the master has got that rod, and he's hitting them, and he's poking them, and trying to get them to move, go, with no mercy. And, and one of those oxen probably stumbles under the load and falls to its, to its knees or what, you know. And that's when Jesus kind of turns and says, Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So, you know, I, I want to take this passage, and I want to look at it as the audience of the New Testament understood it, as Jesus said it to them, seeing this kind of picture every day in their life and understand the promise that Jesus was offering to them. Now, first, I want to um, say that, you know, it's, it's, a, per, it's a, a, a personal invitation. Personal invitation. Come to me. He says, come to me, all your labor. Now, if you, when you read the story, uh, you know, it's kind of cool how this works out. But you, you're kind of implied, if you're standing there listening to Jesus say this, he says, come to me, all your labor and heavy laden. He's kind of implying that he's the master. He, he's, he's the guy that's leading the ox, leading the yoke there with him. He says, come to me, I'll, I'll make it easier for you. In John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, it says there on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. There's that invitation. He says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So, you know, there, there's this open invitation that, you know, had, had a big impact to them when, when he said that. Now, just to kind of give you an example of, of how life was, um, Jesus told a story. It said about a man who made a great feast, right? And he bid all these people to come, and they began to make excuses why they couldn't make it. One fellow said, I bought a land. I need to go check it out. Who would do that? For all you know, you bought a swamp, right? You know? That's not, no one does that. They, they knew you didn't do that. The second guy said this. He said, I I bought five yoke of oxen. That means he, he bought ten. Ten oxen. I bought, I bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I don't even know if they all got four legs. I don't even know if they're really alive. But I bought ten of them. I'm going to go find out. Who would do that? You don't. You don't. See, the owner is selective of the oxen he uses to pull the load. I would not be a good ox. <laughs> I'm not really made for carrying burdens, am I? See, he wouldn't get the old skinny-looking scrawny ox to carry the heavy load. He wouldn't, I wouldn't get up the hill. He'd get a beefy ox like Doug. You know? That's what he'd do. But see, he was selective. But Jesus says, come unto me, all of you. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to pick and choose. I'm not going to say, oh, no, you've you got too much sin. No, you've, you've done that stuff. I'm not going to forgive you. No, you're, you're, you're out doing that, and you've, you've done that. No, not you. It's not what he said. The invitation's for all. Come to me, all. So it's a personal invitation. Jesus invites you to come. Now the second 
of this personal invitation, or the second part is the, the cause and effect. The cause and effect. He said, come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden. The cause and effect. These two words, labor and heavy laden. Now, again, I don't want to bore you with the kind of details of the language, but the word for labor has the idea, comes from the idea of action in progress. They are presently laboring. Right now, you got a burden you're bearing. Or now you got some trouble you're going through right now that you're having to carry. Maybe, maybe it's something you've been carrying for, for a little bit, but it's something you're going through right now. Every day you got to get up and you know you got to take that burden and you got to take it. That's what Jesus is talking about. The second word, heavy laden, is a word that means past action with present results. So, see, these are heavy laden, they're, they're, they've buckled under the weight of their burden you see and Jesus says come to me the cause and effect now you would think that anybody and everybody would be quick to hey Jesus take my burden man, oh, man here you go but it, you wonder why why do we seem to carry our burdens why, why are we so hard to, to give them up to the Lord now, there's a couple reasons, believe it or not. The first is we have to give up our pride to give up our burden. See, um, some of us are kind of too proud to admit that I need help, that I can't handle this. It's beyond me, you know. Uh, religion is a crutch. My father, again, you know what most of you in New Life know, he's kind of atheist and agnostic. I, I think he's which between the two, sometimes he believed there was a God or something out there that didn't care about us, and then he didn't believe there was a God at all. But at 13 years old, he took me into the bedroom, my bedroom, and brought in a chair and sat me down. And I remember my mom was outside the door. And I think he had been drinking at the time. But he sat there and he tried to convince me at 13 years old that Religion and Christianity was a crutch and, and to leave it. He thought, you, know, you don't need that. Pride. Pride keeps people from giving up their burdens to the Lord. In Proverbs 29, it says, A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Sign of weakness, right? Pride. Well, they say in recovery, right, the first step is admitting you have a problem. I won't admit I have this burden. I can handle it. Right. The second thing about what you wonder why people don't really kind of give up their burden to the Lord is because about accepting their responsibility. You know, there are times that our burdens are not our choice. You know, I didn't choose this sickness. I didn't choose this dilemma. I, I didn't ask to get in this mess. Someone else got me in this. But sometimes they are the result of our choice. I got myself into this problem. In Proverbs 28, it says, Who 
He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. You know, we forget about that part. We say, oh man, Jesus, take my burden, take my burden, take my trouble. All right, but then you know what? You got to confess and forsake. Oh man, I don't know if I can, I can do that. You know, for some of us to give up our burden is to give up our sin. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. And that's why you still bury that burden. Accept responsibility. But then you know what? The next thing is that Savior, the Savior makes a challenge. He offers a challenge. And to me, man, this is just the, the meat of this. I mean, this is really where it gets pretty cool. The Savior makes a challenge. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Now, the first thing you have to understand that it's a fair exchange. It's a yoke for a yoke. Jesus never said, hey, look, come on to me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I'll take that yoke on you and be free. Man, you can run and do what you want. Now, we talk about being free in the Lord, but it's not free to run wild. It's a yoke for a yoke. Jesus said, I'll take that yoke on, off of you, but you've got to take my yoke upon you. See, we want to be free from our burdens, but we don't want Jesus to control our life. I like Doug. I, I've never heard it here. I mean, I never heard it till I came here. I like how Doug says that when he makes the offer of salvation and says, you need to make Jesus the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. And that leader of your life, see, we want him to forgive our sins. We don't want him to lead our life. And see, that's probably the single greatest reason people can't seem to get rid of their burdens because they don't want Jesus to steer. It says in James chapter number four, it says, he said, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, James said, you want to get the devil off your back? You got to submit to God first. See, we always want to get the devil off. God, get the devil off my back, and then I'll, I'll serve you. Lord, if you can take care of this problem, man, then I'll start coming to church. No, God said, that ain't how it works. Submit to God, and then I'll get the devil off your back. See, you draw near to God. He's right there the whole time. But then he says, cleanse your hands. See, that's what you do. Purify your hearts. That's what you think. You're double-minded. The fair exchange. Are you willing to give up that yoke for Jesus' yoke? In 1 Corinthians, it says there in chapter 6, 19 to 20, says, he says, what? Paul says, what? He says, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy, Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you, you have of God, and you are not your own. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. I didn't realize that's the King James. <laughs> Doug caught that. Uh, that's, I'm, I, I've cut my teeth on the King James, and that's what I read, so I... I know for new life, I use New King James here, but I just realized that. But that's all right. That's all right. You understand. The yees mean you. That's all it means. Right? It's simple. Okay? But your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. 
See, you're not your own. See, if you came to Christ, you switched yokes. And part of the problem is that, you know, you're just resisting that yoke that Jesus wants to lead your life. But what's really cool I like about this is that um, Jesus reveals the true intentions, what, what he really means here. Now, if you show that first picture, Jen. All right. So when Jesus first said what he said, you kind of implied that he was the owner. Come to me. I'm not selective. Anybody who wants to come. And I'll, I'll take your burdens from I'll, I'll help you. But when he comes here and says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, he is saying, I will yoke with you. I will yoke with you. I will pull the load with you. He's not just the owner. He's going to get down there and bear your burden. He's going to get right there next to you and struggle with you and, and, and get you through it. He's not going to be back there with a whip, whipping you and prodding you to get you to go. He's going to be right there with you, bearing the burden. But see, what, what they understood in the New Testament time when he said this, you can show the second picture. Those of you know that that's my dog, isn't it, without the horns. <laughs> Just take off the horns, that's my dog. He's about as big. His name is Moose. Yeah, everybody who's met my dog, no. Okay. Now the picture is there, it's, it's like that for a reason. Two cute little oxen. Okay. You notice that one's a little bit taller, a little beefier, maybe a little older. Notice the picture? That beca that's because if, if a person, an owner, bought an ox that had never been trained to bear burdens, he would yoke that ox with a mature ox that was used to bearing burdens, seasoned. And that teaching ox would bear the burden. The teaching ox would bear the burden. See, Jesus carries the burden. He says, learn from me. My burden is light. See, that, that new ox doesn't know how, how it works. So that yoke is put on the two, and that teaching ox bears all the burden. And that's what Jesus wants to do. He says, come, learn to me. Learn from me. I'll be the teaching ox. I'll bear the burden. Just yoke up with me. In Psalm 55, it says, cast your burden on the Lord. And he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. You know, the passage that we, we say a lot of us Christians is from First Peter, where it says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Right? See, not only as Jesus as the teaching ox, he bears the burden, but see, he also leads. See, 
when he says they're about trusting the Lord. We have to trust the Lord. See, the teaching ox leads. You know, he goes this way, and you know what? If you don't want to bear the burden, then you follow where the teaching ox goes. And when the teaching ox, he goes this way, then the other ox goes with him because if he doesn't, he's going to start bearing the burden. When he starts to try to go this way or resist, then the teaching ox isn't carrying the load. You see? And sometimes, you know, we, we, we get where we're struggling. We're thinking, man, why? I, I thought I'd done what I was supposed to have done. Well, you know, maybe you're not following Jesus. You're not going the way he's going. And you're beginning to bear your burden again. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. It says there in Isaiah 29, it says, Therefore the Lord said, <clears throat> In so much as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts from me, and with fear, I'm sorry, and their fear towards me is taught by commandment of men. I mean, they, they didn't even really have a fear of God. I mean, that, that reverence and trust of the Lord, they didn't even have it. They, they, just, they just did it by ritual and, and did it by ceremony. It wasn't really who they were or what they believed. You've got to trust the Lord. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You've got to trust the Lord. Now, the word here that he used, he said, he said For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Now, <clears throat> the word gentle is used for animals, believe it or not. It's mainly used for horses back in this time. And the idea is you have this majestic, powerful horse, right, that was under control, gentle. I've, I've been on a horse one time in my life, one time. I've also jumped off a horse one time in my life before he killed me, running into the barn or the stall, wherever he was he was going. He was going home. And he was taking me with him. And if I didn't want to die, be decapitated right about here, because that's the top of the door of the barn he was running into, I had to jump off. Full gallop. Okay? That horse wasn't gentle. <laughs> it was not a gentle horse. But Jesus says, I'm gentle. I understand your struggles. If you'll yoke up with me and let me lead, I'll be gentle. I'll, I know what you're going through. I know it's something you're not used to. I'll consider you as, a, as I lead you this way. Just follow me, and I can bear the burden. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. That's why we bear our burdens. And lastly, you know, I, I want to... Look at an unlikely promise. An unlikely promise. You know, there's something that's kind of, it's, it's, it's weird to the world. Paul even talks about it that he says, you know, to, to, the, to the world and to the outside, we're, we look a little weird. So the things that we say and believe just doesn't make sense to them. And one of those is peace in the midst of conflict. How can you Christians say that? Peace and how, how can you say you have peace when you have all this trouble going on? Well, it's because I've got Jesus bearing the load. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
and let God's peace rule in you. I mean, that, that, it can't happen if you're bearing your burden. It says there in John chapter 16, these things I have spoken to you that in me, Jesus said, that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Jesus said, in me. You yoke up with me and you'll have peace. Just stop resisting. Stop trying to go your way. Stop trying to do your thing and follow me. I'll bear the burden. So he never said the burden was going to be gone. He never said you wouldn't have it. He just said that he'd give you the ability to bear it. You know what I like about this idea that these people saw was this the evidence of new life. The evidence of new life. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15, it says, Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. That, that word unfaithful is treacherous, transgressor, uh, deceitful. Right? You look at these people's lives and you see uh, people out there in the world and, man, they're just, they're just living for themselves and they're just, uh, you know, it's like they, they don't even have God in their mind and their, and their idea or thinking and, and you just see trouble and trial and heartache and, and it's like, wow, man, can't they see that? But yet, yet we're so blind to ourselves and all our struggles and things we go to don't see the same thing. A very um, famous person once said, life is hard. It's harder if you're stupid. Right? Life's already hard. But if you're stupid... It's harder. Haven't you done some dumb things to make your life harder? I know I have. My wife says, I, I'd made a dumb mistake. I've been living for it for 30 years now. I'm like, honey, hush up. No. It's not right. It's not right. We didn't ask for your opinion. Right? Life's hard. But for a Christian, you know, people should see something different. Romans chapter 15, it says, But now may the God of, of hope fill you all with joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes not to, not to come not to accept, to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they may have life. They may have more abundantly. See, Jesus wants you to have life. See, these people knew that at the end of the day, um, you know, the... the the cow, which I, I got, they taught me last uh, service, all right? So the cow is the female and the bull is the male, right? And either one are used, they, they would use either one to pull burdens. So at the end of the day, when work is done, the oxen are out there in the field. You could look out there and you could tell which ones carried the burdens because they had what's called gall. They had sores from the yoke being on them. Sometimes they'd be open sores. It would be wounds. And you could look out there as you walk by the field and you could see which ones bear the burden. And you know, you can, you can walk through life and you can see the people, man, that just have burdens in their lives. You can see the scars. You can see it in their face. No hope. No help. And Jesus said, 
come, yoke up with me. Because he says, my yoke is easy. See, a yoke that was hard or sharp would cut into the oxen. But an easy yoke is a yoke that's been made smooth. It's been polished so it doesn't cut into the ox while he bears the burden. It doesn't have scars. It doesn't have wounds. And Jesus said, my yoke's easy. Take my yoke. It's not going to scar you. It's not going to hurt you like life, the burdens of life do. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And that's Jesus' invitation to you. Come, come to me. All you that labor and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. And you shall find rest to your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's what Jesus is asking you. Will you come to him? Will you lay your burden and take his yoke? Follow his lead? Let him help you? Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Again, Lord, we thank you, God, for this time we can come. Thank you, Lord, for this truth of the Word of God. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to, to swallow our pride, accept our responsibility and things in our lives that we've caused our own trouble, and come to you that you may help us with our burdens. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.